so that that kind of already preludes or prologues what we want to discuss today to say in light of all the beautiful and passionate discussion we had two weeks ago about what's going on and what can we do what can tosi do what can titi do what can kingsley do what can anu do what can Mama King David to do, and what can Ife do, and what can I do? In light of all of this, in light of the fact that you are where you are now, you know what you know, you understand what you understand. What's what's the practical, realistic thing that you think we can do? And let's be sincere, not just ideological let's let's make it practicable yeah what i've started doing is reached out to my younger brother and just drum the sense of being a man and being a man of integrity into his head da, 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 da. i ranted and ranted and ranted stop asking people for money i showed you guys would think where is this girl coming from all of a sudden I told him to go apply for jobs and stop depending on, I'm just talking and talking and talking and talking. After I finished my talk, he went on Google and said, apply for jobs in Akure on those states. Send him to link and things like that. I think it starts from our immediate, for us in diaspora that we don't have direct, like you can't say you want to go and apply for counseling job where you're in Liverpool. It's just to influence our people back there, the ones that you know you can that you can easily influence and motivate. So start being part of the system. And I, I think I particularly searched for jobs in local government. I, I didn't know my local government, so I had to Google across local government. And so I'm looking for jobs around that. So, and because I know from my mom, she was like the pharmacist there, that jobs there are easy. So I thought they would have like a hub like where you can just go and search for jobs. I searched for local government jobs in Nigeria, nothing. I searched for the, the nothing. But when I got tired, I just uh, messaged with my friends in, in WhatsApp to say, can you please tell me how you get jobs in, in Nigeria and things like that. So that's how I have been able to effect the changes. For my elder brothers, I can't rant at them. Otherwise, we, from the first sentence gone, they would just have switched around. I beg, just go sit down for the, so, but I know for a fair, that's my younger brother's name. I'm able to talk to him and things, and hopefully, I'm hoping. Isn't that sweet? Have a nice Yes. He's on the road tonight. <laughs> oh, my dad. So, that, that's how I've been able to, to, yeah. to not be lenient. I remember saying the phrase to him that, like, you. You're on your own and you're doing things and we all think it's okay, but I don't think it's okay. Like it's time to just, just gear up and be a man. I think I must have mentioned being a man like three times. And in light of all this, whether I have awareness, I'm thinking, yeah, we'll go and drive the boy to go and do something else now. But yeah, you understood. You agreed with me, argued with me. We talked together, I put some harshness. But I, at the time I was right, actually, I didn't know where it was coming from. I'm not, I, I didn't think it was coming from this backlash of the incest thingy. Because mm. whenever I hear about the incest, all that I think about is them and my cousins and seeing their stupid photos with the whole parade and the protest. And I'm thinking, these guys are so clueless and they are going for protesting. Kill up, like, what do they know? But yeah, 
Yeah, so that's how I've been able to do mine. Okay. <clears throat> um, at least that's that's one way to go. By the way, work a warm welcome to Mrs. Akini Kiawe. Um, that's the first new housemate. And we are Hi. so we're so excited to have you join us. Hello. Who are we greeting? Now we need to be sure she's not a. <laughs> ah, you know me. We need to be sure. Ah, we need to be sure it's not a, a it's somebody not that somebody <laughs> has stolen her phone. I'll okay. follow her phone and then put it in, please. Your face will be highly appreciated, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you're welcome, man. God bless you. Kingsley, are you happy now? Oh, we are happy now. Mind <laughs> of the house. <laughs> welcome, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Hi, everyone. Hi. You okay? You okay? <laughs> yeah, welcome. So good to have you around. Akitoye. Uh, yes. Are those the only people on the group? And no, Joshua. Okay. and Nito. Yeah. I don't know how that's pronounced. Nito. 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 Okay. Yeah. Hi everyone. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Nice to meet you. Maybe you. at some point we would would might do a little bit of introduction again to get to know ourselves and then also get to know you. Um, you met us in the midst of discussing about NSAS, which I'm sure is not new to you. Um, the issue going on in Nigeria and all that. Um, in our last meeting, we already started discussing about this. We, we basically kind of critiqued the the whole issue with the protests and the aftermath of the protests, the lootings, and all those other things that have happened. We're basically trying to, in a sense, just come at it from different angles. Was it worth it to have protested? Is that the way we should have gone about it? But today we are coming down to the point of, okay, we are here in Liverpool. What can we individually practically do to begin to change the narrative? I believe that somewhere, at least one thing that was common in our discussion last week was the fact that every single one of us is passionate about and hopeful about the new Nigeria, a better Nigeria, which is, which is a good thing. So now we're asking ourselves, what can we begin to do practically in the context of, I'm here, you're here, you're doing what you're doing, you know what you know, how can we effect a change? And that was what Anna was contributing about when you came on board. So who wants to pick that up from there and just reflect on your own context and say, what can I do? Kingsley, I know you'll soon be leaving. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's fine. I, I'll, I'll just yeah, I'll leave. But uh, sister, you said that you talked about us investing, or encouraging people at home to uh, look for work as well. But um, one of the things I could have, I wanted to like um, point out as well is that sometimes the work is not there, you know, because this question is very important. Because when you say what can we do, it's kind of, I've just been thinking like. What are the possible things? Because it's easy for us to make 
talk and tell people, oh yeah, just open up a poultry and do something, do this thing and do something. And they're like, where's the capital? You open up a poultry, the local government will come and tell you, you have to pay for waste uh, paper, you have to do this, you have to do that. But however, um, on, in a, on a generic uh, 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 subjection in the sense that uh, what we can do uh, as those of us in diaspora is, is because we, we have a higher hand in terms of our currency mm. to Nigeria, I think one of the things we can do is to empower people in skill acquisition. So if somebody wants to learn sewing, for instance, you can buy a machine for the person and that person can start in the house where they are living to start sewing. Or somebody wants to do something, maybe go for hair making. Or I think we need to start going into those skill acquisition because the more we wait for the government, the more it's um, difficult for us to um, achieve what we can do. But I think if we can start thinking of uh, having uh, being job creators, it will really help uh, Nigeria if we can go into that poultry, a lot of things we can go into, but we need to start pushing some of our businesses. I know in Nigeria, we're very good at that, you know. Any money people make here, the next thing they are thinking of is how to go to push it to Nigeria to do something, you know. But yeah. I think it's more about empowering people as well, intentionally empowering people as well, in addition to what Sister Anu said. Because really in this local government setting, there are a lot of jobs there. Well, some of those jobs may not be lucrative, but it's better than not, not having nothing and, and begging up and down, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing I think we can do. But I think another thing I'll say is uh, I think we can we need to have reorientation of our mind, if you ask me to be honest, in Nigeria. Because a lot of people, a lot of people, especially young people, they don't they don't want to people don't want to don't want to suffer in quotes. People don't want to uh, do do some work. Mm -hmm. to end the living. They just want a, a situation where you stay somewhere and then... Quick money. Yeah, because you, you came out with a first class, then it's a guarantee that you should you should have an audio company job. Mm -hmm. So people don't put some of those things into, into a place. So sometimes you may need to, you may need to even be a, a plumber or even do, let me speak like the woman or uh, the house of assembly woman, but what I'm trying to say is that when you go to school, going to school is not a guarantee that you make money or that you get a good job. Going to school is just to expose your 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 mind, especially uh, the fact that you're going to meet, you have met different categories of people. I take for myself, for instance, now I've met Yorubas, you know, in, in the uh, person of uh, uh, Pastor Ola and uh, Ife, Titi, and every other person. And then I've met outside people, I've met different people, I've met normal people, I've met um, abnormal people. I've met all kinds of human beings in this, world, in this world because you go to university. That way you can be able to position yourself well. And when you think of, okay, let me open a business or let me do something, it helps you to position you well for that. But when people, our mindset is, oh yeah, I went to university, once I graduate, man, it's now all your company. The way it was in the olden days, in the, in the 70s and in the 80s, then I think you are in a very, very uh, big nightmare. So I think reorientation of mind is also something that is very, very necessary, you know, that we can do as well. And what do I mean by that? We need to stop painting UK to be heaven for people. Uh -huh. We need to stop painting UK or abroad to, to, to people at home. 
Because sometimes you get people at home, they are telling you, are you okay? And at least you earn eight pounds an hour and you do 10 hour shift, 80 pounds, they will convert it to Naira for you. You need to tell them that even that it's 80 pounds you're making, you're paying bus pass of this one. You're paying internet of this one. You're paying this one of this one. And then the reason why you come to Nigeria and spend 10,000 every day is because of the money of the transfer, uh, of the exchange rate. Let them on, people understand that people are actually not seeing, finding it so easy, you know, in United Kingdom or abroad. And when people understand that, they'll stop expecting so much from you. But when you want to give people advice sometimes, they look at it as, ah, who is he to even give me advice? So because say the guy don't get, uh, he don't get level that abroad now, he don't they give me advice and all those things mm -hmm. because I ask some small money and all that. So I think that orientation, I mean, I, at every opportunity, I try to explain to people that I'm not, we are not, here is not a, I tell you, you pay your rent every month in this country. So it's not like it's easy, but God's grace is guiding us. And then God has given uh, uh, some, uh, those of us here the opportunity to work as well, you know, but at the same time, it's not bed of roses over here. I think those are empowering people and also reorienting uh, people as well. We help out. Praise, uh, thank Praise God, yeah. All of the above. Thank you very much. Those are helpful thoughts. Um, so, so far, we've mentioned something like empowerment, like trying to empower people and then trying to reorient people. I think part of what Anu was saying too kind of aligns with that, especially with reorienting um, a brother towards disposition to want to work in that sense, um, rather than any other alternative, whatever that might look like, just to embrace the dignity of, of labor. Um, so yeah. Okay, who wants to take it from there? We are getting somewhere, so obviously we are making progress. Um, yeah, go on, Tosin. Um, to, it would be good if we cannot uh, give practical examples of what we have done in light of the suggestions we are given, or what we hope to start doing in light of the suggestions we are given. Yeah. Um, in in my own context, I think we can approach it in two ways. One, there are immediate things we can do that can affect instantaneous change. Mm. So most times, what we think is perhaps maybe this is too too little. Or, negligible, it's not going to make any change, but if we all individually do one thing or the other, no matter how small it is, it's a change. We might not see the effect, but it's a change, and if it is, if it goes round, mm. there will be that uh, very, very visible effect. Now, the immediate one that we can do is, wherever we find ourselves, yeah. being at home, at work, on the streets, in our neighborhood, wherever we find ourselves, we should see an obligation there that we have to make a change there. Mm. In whatever way we can, in any capacity that we can, those are the immediate things we can do. We all are in position to make a change. That's right. You might be a secretary in an office. There might be a cleaner there. Mm. There might be a security man there. There might be an errand boy there, whom you can affect positively. Now, it might be here, it might be back home, wherever. So regardless, even if you're the security man there, the beggar can come there, you can affect the change to the beggar that comes to bed in that company. So in whatever position you are, or you might be, especially at work, because that's where you really have people 
that I think are pushed to an extreme in one way or the other. Personally, I, as a person, think I might have some difficulty, especially in the management position, because most times I'm not that flexible. Mm. And what I mean in that sense, in my own little way, in my own part of life, and little way that I think I've made a change. Mm-hmm. Um, few experience, there was a place I worked in sometime 2016. When I got there, they were only about five or six months early. Okay. And um, I was started with the mantle of heading everybody then. At some point, I spoke to, I had to call everyone together. When people come to me and like, my house rent has expired, I need to pay house rent. My kids are sent home from school and stuff like, guys, you guys have been owned before I came to this company. But in my only two weeks, I will see what I can do, but I can't make the magic. At some point, I had to call them together that we need to stop work, shut down the whole place until something is completed. Well now, if it comes down to those people, I will be the one to bear the consequence, but I just didn't mind because mm. I was confident enough that even if I leave this place, I'll see a better job. But these guys can't come to me telling me that their kids have been sent home from schools and stuff. Sometimes I try to render a little help that I can, but it's not sufficient. It's not my job. Mm. We stopped work. We were able to bring the owner of the company to the company, to the Please, like 9 p.m. at night to come and beg and apologize. And still going to do something. The next day, people went salary. And I was like, it is not enough. At least two upfront. And we must be promised of getting two in another two months. He blabbed and stuff. After three days, they actually paid two months. And the next one month, and the next one month, we were able to get another two salary. Now I didn't get because I wasn't on six months salary. Everyone there that we were on were paid. Now it's not because even at that point I wasn't the head. I had somebody above me, but the person was not around, so I was in charge. So even the person that that heads the place got paid <laughs> because he's been on, so he's not around. And when I came in, that's pay. And it was like. This is the first time that they're paying two months alive since they've been in alive. Look, it's not, it's not me. We all did it together because we come together and we had to do this thing. Also, there were times where I had to tell the chairman that, look, I'm not going to do this. And he actually said something very funny, and quite frankly, he told me that, ask the chairman of this company and the owner of this company, I'm giving you a direct order to go ahead and do this job. Okay. And I told him, sir, with all due respect, you can send my reliever tomorrow morning. I'm ready to leave. And he was asking me, you really mean that? I said, I really do mean this. Can I send who's going to relieve me tomorrow morning? I'm well and happy to leave this place. And the next morning, he called me to apologize that. Actually, that is why you're there. You're supposed to tell me when I'm going on and blah, 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 and all the people in shy. You're welcome, sir. Now, that is in one way that at least in one little way or the other, there is hope for people there. And when I left there, I left on a very good note that they didn't want me to go, but I had to move on with my life. And now what I'm trying to say is everywhere that I find myself in UK, 
Anywhere in school, whatever I got you, I see myself as an ambassador of Nigeria or ambassador of good people, let me say it that way. And I think I see that as an obligation that everybody that cross path with me has a positive effect. Comes down to being in Nigeria, like somebody like, where are you from? I'm in Nigeria. Like, oh, you're in Nigeria. Ah, wow, that's nice. I'm very proud of because I know, I'm very sure there's no way Fine, it's everybody that I like you, but in a, mm-hmm. in a view sense, there's still going to be that distinct that such a like, wow, that gives that impression. Some because I'm trying to impress anybody, I'm just being myself. But I take it upon myself that I have to be extra better whatever I find myself because somebody's looking at me like you, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to have keen interest like, oh, was in Nigeria, fine. That's mm-hmm. on the outside. In Nigeria, where you work on the streets, it goes as far as this way as maybe you see an opportunity, see something online, like there's a free school or free something online that some school is advertising. And you see a kid, your neighbor, maybe three blocks away, four blocks away, they're not doing anything. You can tell that kid, like, look, I saw this thing online. It's a school, it's an application stuff. Why not try this? That is change. Even when you live within family setting. Taking to the extent that, okay, we need to create company and employment. My baby, outer reach. But the immediate one is, it doesn't cost you anything to see something online. I think it's beneficial for kids, adults, anyone around you, and give them that information. It costs you nothing, but it goes a long way that changes things. Uh-huh. Now, who are the biggest employer of labor? It's the private sector, it's not the government. It's only in Africa that we're so concentrated on the government. Everybody wants to work in whatever, whatever. Is the private sector. If everybody in the private sector are all taken care of, we wouldn't have as, as this much problem that we have in that country. What am I saying? If you work anywhere in the private sector, anywhere you work, and you try to make things in order, paid salary when necessary, when not when necessary, but at the appropriate time and everything, it might be little, but if people get it on time, they keep about the government that even people in the private sector where the salary comes, they hold salary for weeks or months just to get some interest because of the bank before paying it to the staff, killing that country in that way. It's killing the country. Now, those are the immediate times that I think we can change the country when we're there. Now, in the long term, like we said, starting with this conservation and stuff, what I've observed is in the foreign country, people are groomed to actually be politics. Kids are grown right from kids to their school, knowing fully well that they wanted to be a politician, not by mistake. Now, what you and I can do is, I'm in the maritime sector. Have I actually thought about getting to a position where I can go into the management level somewhere in the public sector, in the maritime sector, and effect the change? I sit back, I keep complaining, government is not working. The ministry, the, this blah, 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 blah. Can I groom myself that that's my target? After this whole thing, I'm going into that public sector in that field that I work and target the head of that position. And when I get there, I'll make a change. If every one of us do this, 
in the maritime sector, maybe it's in the port, get opportunities to work in the port or whatever, or in the master or something. And I effect a change. A lot of lives will be touched. And that change can spread. That is just with one person. But here I am, blaming the government, blaming the ministry, blaming all the agency. I'm not aspiring to go in there and effect the change. I'm here sitting down, working, making my money. I'm like, who cares if I can make some money and eat and my family are okay. If we all individually can set that target, like, okay, fine. After all this stuff, it might just be a retirement plan. Get the best out of yourself that you can get. And aim for that public sector, the head of that public sector. Go as far as God helps you. But whatever you find yourself in that sector, in the public sector, effect the change that trickles down from whatever position you are, down the lines. And I'm sure if we all can do that, then we can start talking about the change that we all dream of. Brilliant. Thank you Thank very you. much. That's that was a great speech. You need to go into politics, Mr. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yeah, that was spot on. Lots of things to, to think about there. Okay. Um, any other thoughts? Any other person wants to share? Yes, if I... Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to follow up with um, what um, Mr. King, Dr. Kingsley said and Sister Anna about empowerment. And also, Tosin also mentioned that um, I think empowering youth, uh, because um, as we are here in um, Liverpool or wherever we are, uh, we have, we are thinking different. We, we are using, most times when I meet, um, like, especially our group, we always think about our past. We always try to um, see how things can be amended. Mm. Maybe things that we go through in our life and we don't like the way it is and we're trying to just change it for our people coming um, after us. So I think um, personally for me, there are a lot of things where I was going that I always wish the youths should have. Um, maybe more attention, maybe more um, more of practicality than theory, because most times in school we do all the theory and we are not into the practicals most times. Like some some of our students, they study medicine, and while they while we are in secondary school, we we are like, oh, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a doctor, but there's no drive yeah. to be that doctor or to finish up with your jam, knowing that, oh, I'm going to have this certain um, score in my jam result or something and I will be that doctor. It's just a wish. Oh. And when you get to SS3, everything changes because you do YX, you do jam, you do UTME and everything change. And you go, you get to school and you study microbiology or you study education. Then you're, you're, every, you're um, your wish in a way changes. Oh. So mine is, um, is seven parts. I said microbiology and education. That is me and I know in Nigeria. <laughs> they are good. They are, they, they are also good, but um, the wish that you had in your mind right from time, what you wanted, what was driving you to want that? Oh. If there was sort of... Um, 
a practical, like here in this country, I don't know how the system works anyways, but I think most of the children from their, like their childhood, their parents are buying um, maps of the world, buying different things to make them um, like get used to different, um, different occupation, different, yeah, just to explore different things. There were a lot of things for me that I didn't know while growing up. So, and when I go to this country, there are some things people ask me and I'll be like, uh, okay, sorry, I don't know that. Sorry, I don't, basic things, basic, very basic things. And I personally, I wish youths, I'm, I'm, I'm so, when it comes to teens, I am so driven to changing things with what I went through, like what I've um, had to go through in the past, like the things that, oh, when I meet someone, they ask me something and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I try to throw it back to my to my younger ones, actually, to ask them the same question and see if they know it. And then I try to teach them about it. So I think self-empowerment is um, like empowering our youth back home is really very, is very important. And the way I've been able to um, do that so far is um, like on April, I started a, a group um it's called 4g friend groups and um where i came up with some of my friends some of my uh, friends back home different um uh, they're studying in different areas so we're able to bring some teens together and try to teach them things try to um help them try to encourage them try to make like the ones that want to do medicine now it, they make it more practical, like, okay, you need to do this, buy syringe, buy this, buy that, make it practical at home, post it on YouTube, teach us how it's been done. Now, this is you, even before entering university, you're already trying to do that. Go to a pharmacist, start working in the pharmacist, uh, in the pharmacy. Um, just tell them you want to learn, let them teach you, oh. you know, would, would raise money together and you know, help you out with practical things that you need to get, laboratory things that you need to get. Tell them to teach you. Tell them that you want to learn. So just walk there. You're gaining, you're, you're also gaining from them. Even though they're paying you 4,000 per month or they're paying you 7,000 per month, you're still in secondary school. Mm -hmm. Great advantage. You need it now. So that by the time they get into the system, they, they get into the university, it's not like so new and they're actually working towards that dream. Yeah. And also for me, I feel another thing I'm hoping to do in the in, in future is having to bring you things together to say, why can't we know our purpose now? Yeah. Why do we have to grow up to a certain age of after university, before you know the sad, the particular thing you want to do. Why can't it be from this secondary school or something? Why can't we know our purpose? Mm. If we are serving God, if he talks, if he speaks to us, I don't see the reason why our parents cannot build with us to know our purpose. Instead of some saying that, oh, I want to study medicine. And you say, no, don't study medicine. Go study art. Art is a beautiful thing. Or I want to study commercial class. No, you have to study medicine. Mm -hmm. Why can't our parents? Why? I just think now with uh, with the youth like us, as we are going to become a parent, we should be different. 
Mm -hmm. Our children should not say, I want to study commercial. Um, I want to be in politics. And you say, why will you be in politics? Be a doctor. <laughs> don't, don't go into politics. Be a doctor. No. Let us help our children to, to actually know that purpose which God has for them. I want to be a pastor. If, you're going, if your child says, I want to be a pastor right from um, a very young age, support is, is our dream and make sure it's actually God's driven. Like uh, I love the book we are reading in G24 <laughs> team in my church at the moment. It's, that's our parents help us to, to actually fulfill that purpose, that God's driven purpose for us. We might have different um, desire. Maybe oh, all I want to do when I grow up is to have a home. Mm. Is to um, for, I, I'm grateful to my parents because right from time they they've always been very supportive with our dreams. For me, I would love to have orphanage home. And right from immediately to my mom, dad, she's always helping me. Christmas, we are going to give food to people. Mm. It's it's it should be like that. We are going how to support some um, children to say uh, this, take this, take that, just to support that dream to say that, okay, this is what you want and we are, we are here to give it to, to you. And they really taught us how to give. So I'm really grateful to them for that. Like for my parents, anything we will say we want to do, they just go with it. They, do, they are not forcing you to do any other thing. They just, if you like, be a lawyer. If you like, be a police. We are ready to be there for you, but it's not like that for everybody. I have many of um, my mates that their parents will tell them, no, you should not study uh, medicine. You should go for law. Yeah. Law is a, good, is, is a good one for you. So I think our parents should start now. Like we, we are getting to be parents. Yeah, some of us are parents already. And we, we should start now to say that I want to know what God has for you. We should be more intentional because I feel that I don't I don't know how it works. Maybe Pastor can clarify because I feel if God speaks, mm. He should be He should tell us what He has in store for us because He is the beginning. He knows now. He knows the future. So He should let us know. And for me, that is my next. Um, yeah, my future as. Uh, uh, yeah. What was the English? <laughs> I'm aspiring to bring things together to say. We need to know now. We need to know what we want to do in the next 20 years. We need to know. We want to know it now. I want you to talk to us now. We don't want to wait till we are 25 before we mm. know that. I'm not meant to be a doctor. I'm going into... We don't want to waste... It's not a waste of years. It's experience as well. But we want a better experience. Mm. Yeah, this is what I want. Thank you. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm really enjoying all of this. Insightful contributions. I mean, I've not personally even thought along all these lines, and this is this Sorry, is sir. Yeah. What was the question? You know, my network was just going off and on. Oh, sorry. What was the question you asked? Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's good. Um, you remember last uh, in our last meeting, we started talking about all these um, oh. brutality and all this issues. So today we are focusing on what can we do in our own capacity, um, in, especially in light of the fact that we are not physically in Nigeria at the moment. What can we begin to do now to contribute towards receiving a better Nigeria? 
in that sense. And we've had oh, okay. interesting contributions. So yeah. okay, let me let me let me just chip in a few points. You look pretty, by the way. Indeed. Hold on, please. Let me come. I like a hat. She's very feminine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where where I am? The network is so bad. Sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Hold on, please. Sorry. Okay. So what I have to say is, can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. What I, what I have to say is that uh, I think the first thing is to sensitize people about how we should get a better Nigeria, how talking to people, giving them points and things that are meant to be done or things that they should do on their own part to contribute to making the nation a better one. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I think giving yourself to the society mm -hmm. is paramount. Like for example, you, 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 are, you are a baker, you know how to bake things. You can just pick few people that you can just teach mm -hmm. some things about baking or you're mm -hmm. a seamstress, you're a tailor, you're a fashion designer. You can just teach people free of charge. Just give yourself to them, tell them everything that you know about that particular field. And then they, they just go and make good use of it and then earn money and teach other people as well. Because what you do to someone, the other person has to do to another person and it keeps growing from there. Mm. You understand? So that's my few points. Thank, Thank you. you. That's really good. Okay, I'd like to chip in a couple of things. Yes, please. Sure. Okay, so um, for me, um, during the whole uh, NSAS movement, mm -hmm. I think the biggest eye-opener for me during those um, few weeks was the huge disparity between the, um, the educated and the uneducated, the enlightened and the unlightening. You know, the few weeks of um, the peaceful protests were like, like the educated, enlightened ones. Yeah. And then the following weeks of the... Um, the robbery and the um, toggery and the stealing and all that were basically the so-called hoodlums, if I call them, I won't like to call them that. So I think the, the, our biggest challenge mm -hmm. is bridging that gap between the enlightened and the unenlightened in Nigeria right now. Because mm -hmm. basically, if we can't bridge that gap, then we can't break that chain of bad governance we have because we keep we keep using the unenlightened ones to disrupt whatever good intentions the enlightened ones have. Mm. So that uh, our main focus should be on how we can bridge that gap and get both sides on a unified platform towards the single goal of achieving a better Nigeria. Okay. So, basically, I've been wondering that what kind of programs can we have to be able to reach out to the poor neighborhoods, the, 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 the areas where they have like very poor utilities, very poor facilities, very poor education, and all that. Now, we, 
they, they have all these um, answers, hashtags and all that on Instagram and all that. Mm -hmm. But like 90% of them don't are not on all the social media platforms. Mm. Which is the which is the um platform that they used to um, communicate amongst the enlightened ones. So now how can we bridge that gap? How can we get to those ones that don't have access to those um platforms that they used to communicate? Mm. Is it pamphlets? They, they don't read pamphlets. If you, if you print pamphlets, they'll just probably see it and throw it away or something. So I think that what I've been trying to crack my head over. How can you bridge that gap? How can you get to them? Because basically the way that the the so-called supposedly the bad people in government get to them is by giving them very little money, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 to go whatever and do whatever they ask them to do and they're so happy to do that. Mm. Now, you might not have that money to give them just to have them to sit down and listen and educate them. So how do you preach that up? How do you get to them? How do you get them to be on the same on the same um, table with every other person uh -huh. in the greater Nigeria? So mine is more of a rhetorical, more of asking than well, having an idea of how to go about it. That's a very important question and one we should continue to think about as well. Can I just chip in something with regards to the last question? Yes, please. Okay. Um, I would think NYC is a good platform to address that. Mm. In the sense that you've got like a lot of youths coming from enlightened areas into like the those areas that we need to like target. Mm. So um, I want to say something before this. So I actually like agree very closely with Tosin's point, which is more of like involvement. Like for me personally, one of the reasons why I went to do a PhD is not just for the title, but I discovered like there's a lot of gaps in our education system. <clears throat> and you wouldn't be from outside to make those changes. So mm -hmm. for me, one of my career goals is to like go into the academia and do your own beat in the sense. I also think that you need like a support system per se, because I think most times when you have a negative thoughts gaining dominance, it's like someone has like voices out, okay, let's start this. Let me give you an example, like uh, maybe uh, support abortion and all those kind of thing, or maybe get anything, anything like that. So someone has like start the movement and it's called like there are a lot of people that actually like want to support that same movement, but they're kind of like scared of who would be the one to like go first or something like that. So I also think the same thing with like good thoughts as well. When someone starts a movement, it has a worth like attracting everyone. We've seen a simple example with the NSAS movement as well. So I think NYC is sort of like a good platform for uh, people to be reached out to. But again, it depends on like what's the quality of the corpus as well and the sustainability as well. Because I know like people have like different motive of serving. But I think there should be that kind of like orientation of what's your purpose of going or being a, a, a club member. And if that is sustained, mm. it would I think it would it would make, make an impact. But if it's just like one person, like say for instance, one person thinks, okay, yeah, I need to make an impact in the community. Mm. One other guy thinks that I'm here to like maybe uh 
boss around with the villagers or anything like that. So yeah, I know people have like different different motives of that. And my last point would be, so one of the things I like recommend during the NSAS movement was the uh, use joining politics. For me, I don't think it's all about like going to the blues to like form a different political party. That might work. I think on that approach to that is if more good people enter going to like PDP and APC and all those kind of existing parties, it's not about like overhauling the whole party system, but it's all about like who is dominant, who makes the decisions in those parties and how can you like influence uh, those guys. So I think one is getting involved, joining politics, uh, in your small sphere of leadership, how much can you influence the system and all those kind of things. And also it also comes down to like self-empowerment or self-capacity because uh, you have to be up to certain certain level to command authority. I was reading something, I think somewhere in the Bible, I can't remember the particular reference. So it said that you have to, I will paraphrase, you have to make money, not just because of your own personal, your own personal needs, but for the needs of others. So yeah. if I have to like influence a thousand people, I have to like build capacity to also like um, accommodate that as well. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That's brilliant. Okay, uh, I think we was, oh, Titi, I've not heard your voice. I think every other person has contributed, except you. I just love doing this so much. <laughs> it's just, everybody has said bits and bobs of everything that's been right. This, since I asked the question two weeks ago, it's been nagging at the back of my mind. It's just been there. And one thing that kept on coming to my, to my face was a bit of shame and hypocrisy on my end. Because how much can I really influence people when I'm not being truthful to myself? Right. And in the aspect of, we're so easy to give up. We want the easy way. We want the comfortable thing. And I'm like, am I doing my best? And from even what Henry just said, you want people to listen to you. You want to affect change. But you know yourself that this is not the best you've got to offer. And I think from just what everybody has been saying, really, we need to be a better generation. Our parents, they had very little to work with and they did their absolute best they could. But we shouldn't buy into that orientation of, are you really doing your best? Really? Is this the best? Is this the absolute best you can do? Are you telling yourself the truth? Because I've spoken to so many people, most, most of my best friends are 60, 50 year olds. And some of them are doing very well you know, very admirable. Even those that are doing well, you can tell this isn't what they were meant to do. You know, and there's just that void there. And we keep pushing them, make money. Your life will be okay. Make money, your life will be okay. It's not just about funding. It's not just about that. And that's something I'm just ever grateful for. That that has never driven me. But I know for a lot of these youths we're even talking about, nobody wants to listen to you if you're not coming correct. I, a lot of them are my friends. I mentor a lot of them as well. And you can just tell that, except you're doing the frivolous fun stuff, or you really got that money, that cash to throw around, nobody cares. And right. the, other, the other group are the purpose-driven people that they will trek for three, three days to, fix, to, to just achieve that goal. That you, know, it's, you can just tell God has put this in this person and they won't stop. But some of them, the success depends on your own success. I don't know why that thing is like that. There's some people that I know that they've been in your circle for 10 years. And unless you make it, 
they probably won't. Because they keep looking, and there's some people, some people that I look up to like that. But at some point, you yeah. have to remove yourself and just understand that I can do this. Let us just be a bit more fearless and daring and trust God more, not just with our words, but with our actions. And I kept on asking myself, today I was asking myself, what would I come and say in this meeting? I didn't have anything in my mind because it didn't make any sense to me that even I am not being truthful with myself. And am I giving out to the best? So one of the little things, I see, that's if tossing is just in my mind, that look at God next to I've been thinking about, hey, my husband wanted to die, like, go for a beat, I don't want to die, people are desperate, wow. you know, but what really, how can we really bridge that gap between these people that they don't even want to hear anything, except you have money to throw around, or you want to drink Wi-Fi with them, you know, so my own mind is, okay, here I am, I'm right here, coming here, I told my husband, see, after I few years, I'm going back home, you can't just move it to Nigeria, um, I was literally the only one left in Nigeria. My entire family is scattered everywhere. And I was like, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going. I came here as a sacrifice for my family. You know, but I, I started to think that, okay, Jesus traveled, Jesus changed. <laughs> <laughs> let me just be, calm, you know, let me calm myself. Let me be more embracing. And part of the people have, surrounded myself with i've learned a lot i've seen the blessings and everything i always say sometimes i was 14 13 I always, my life is not a mistake nothing about my movement is a mistake god orders my step even things are confusing to me so one of the things that i really want to do is cut long story short i've got a few people here and there in this neighborhood i've spent just a few years and some of, a lot of them don't even come to they don't they're not in the same circle and that's the, some of them are quite judgmental that, oh, they probably be bored with this kind of my crowd. And yeah. this my crowd are like, Psh, they don't want to be contaminated with the kind of things they do. So I'm like, what can I do? These are brilliant people in different groups. That, they have so much to learn from each other. What can I do to bring everybody together? What can I do to make us be conscious about being our absolute best and not be lying to our children that, eh, because of you, you know, there's a lot of aggression being passed on to children. Some of my friends are just like, you can just tell their parents, are like, it's not for you, I'll have done much better. Uh-uh. Your kids are not the problem. You were not determined enough. You always found an excuse. And then you're like finding the next person to dump it on. And who, who better to dump it on than the young and the, you know. So my own is just, how can I get my children tomorrow and look them in the face, straight in the eye and tell them I did my absolute best. And I'm so proud of myself i'm proud of you go for it don't drive them that make money Who, how much is your husband earning no five thousand naira teacher you go and learn you know this must be an engineer no 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 and i'm just so grateful for the kind of mother i had she was oh, she's the absolute best she's an angel so okay so the thing is i'm just trying to put together a platform where i can bring all these my people together you guys included and just encourage you to have to go for it's never too late you're like ah i have master's degree in kiniko and you're not telling me to start from scratch with another thing no you, if if that's what god has blessed you with this can happen in six months and you'll be an mp in liverpool or something you know things can just flip like that if we're that fearless to pursue it so that's what me i'm trying to do now and i hope next year by god's grace i can put my Put out my own music i've battled with it i've done gospel i've done a bit of secular or it's meaningful secular and all 
fix that. Bum, bum, bum. Then, so it's <laughs> sometimes like put out more um, conscious music that it's a struggle trying to bring my style to what Nigerian youth want to hear. Wow. They're like, I'm like, Simi did this thing. Everybody listens to her. I didn't really go figured it out. People, everybody listens to them. So wow. what can you put out that makes sense? You're being truthful to yourself and we're trying to make each other better. So I've consciously said I will support anybody because sometimes like I'm just the upgrade that I'm like, I will, you not just find me anyway until, but I feel like for you to be supported, you need to support people. Uh, and it's not about being fake. You just need to tr- tr- truly care. Yeah. I would, me, I'd rather do things behind by the background and you wouldn't even find me. I just don't like it being in the spotlight, but I feel like I'm always in the spotlight regardless. Like, I don't know what why that thing is. So I'm trying to just let go and not be so scared of being center of attention, but find a way to put attention on other people even more and just help each other be better. And like, for example, Pastor last book now, I'm like, why can't I send to everybody that you know to, to purchase on Amazon? When Pastor was giving us people, I'm like, ah, I'm so shameless. I cannot even support Pastor Lam buy this book myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a gift. Let me take it. But I'm like, okay, Pastor Lam is bringing out this book. Oh, let's get this thing together. Everybody, I know 50 people, you know 50 people. Before you know, we're 200, 300 people supporting this person. The same mm-hmm. crowd supports the next person, you know. Before you know what, we're doing great and mighty things and we have that coalition and like, you even mention your name, like, uh-uh, this guy, we just have to be intentional about this. These things don't happen by, you think APC and PDP, they're just sitting down wishing uh, this thing will happen. They are intentional as illiterate as a lot of them are. They're, they're, they're a gang. They, they have, there's a procedure. They, they, they're very meticulous about it. And I feel we should be more like that. And I'm starting with my own life and just being a lot more fearless and going for it, yeah. Wow, that's that's beautiful. I think yeah, please, can I add one more thing? Yeah, go on, if just made me remember something. I also want to add that um, if we go, most of us, when we go back home, as Uncle Kingsley said, we should not be overhyping this country, <laughs> other places. When we go back home, most of us go, we build big houses and hall, we spend money, help, I was thinking, if you're a rich person in a community, if you have the money, why not be the first? Why not decide to make the roads? Mm. Make a nice road for your area. If, if, if you like, if you have more money, extend it. And they don't have to name the street after you. You don't have to name the street. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't have to make it too obvious that you're the one doing it. It's not until everybody comes together and contributes money. It's not everyone. They will say, like, I, I'm using the, the the experience with my area and all the local government. They have this meeting every Saturday, landlord's meeting. Mm. And they say that they should contribute money every time to repair streets. And when they com- contribute the money to repair the road, you see that even it's not reaching anything. The boys also they come out. All those um, there are some guys probably they some goes to they go to school actually, but they still come out to come and be feeling sand inside this thing and then be asking for money. And when you pass them, do you even give to them? Yeah. Do you do you appreciate their effort? Do you appreciate the fact that they they don't have a lot? They are not some of them are working, but they still use that as um as opportunity to just make money. They come, go, carry sand, put on the roads, and you just pass. 
you can't even appreciate them to say, oh yeah, Ekushel, well done, good, good guys for doing these amazing things that you do, for helping us with our road. And you just pass them out like that. Some, of, some people even cause them. I'm like, what is the issue? Why can't you just give them money and go your way and be happy, be grateful to them, ail them? Mm. I think ailing our, some guys, some street guys, basically, and using that avenue to also encourage them is good is um out yeah it's good it will help them to be able you even call one call two if you have the money be the angel in the community probably call one call two tell them are you working or are you just doing this one as side stuff are you sure you're not like trying to be because most of them they are very hard working that's why they are doing this they're trying to make more money for their family to feed their family if you have the avenue to sponsor one of them to school do that Mm. I'll encourage them this, these are the people some of them I know that some people don't, they're not in school or some of them are living the, the, the life the way it is and maybe some of them they are using for this uh, what do they call them Woodlawn? yeah I don't know yeah <laughs> so if one person can start encouraging them now giving them money to appreciate them for their good work having to help us do the street and sponsoring some of them to say, given, given that kind of program that Sister Nika is talking about, like what can we do together to, to help them? I just think the more we think about this and not just for our children alone, not just going home to build big houses and coming back to Liverpool and start making out at home. I think it's a bit better, yeah. Thank you. Wow, I think it's 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 been a beautiful night, and we can just pray and go and and go and start sleeping and pondering on the things we've said. It's it's really been helpful. I was trying to type uh, some of the points at least as much as I can yeah. recollect. Hola. Yeah. I'm typing it too. Oh, good, good. Um, I have 10, 10 points written here. I, I mean, some of the points overlap in different ways. Uh, so at the end, I will just recapitulate them and Anouk and had the things that she has written down that I didn't capture. Oga Kingsley, it's good to have you back. Are you done? Uh, yeah, I've done my own part, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Um, to, to begin to land this. <laughs> I'm beginning to use that phrase these days to, to bring the conversation to a close. By the way, whose, whose pictures are we seeing at the end? Titi, did you nominate last minute? It's not seen. Looking forward. I'm looking forward. So I thought, let's not, let's not sweep that under the carpet in case you have gotten them ready. Go and open your Google. I thought he's a, he's a politician now. I was I was hearing bits and bits of thought he should go into politics. I can't wait for by the time sister I know I'm pastoral arranges all these things on right top. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> Let me hear everyone's point. You know. Yeah. Um I, I don't know. I think I, I said I was going to share um, a link to a blog post I wrote about NSAS last meeting. I don't know if I did afterwards. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I mean, all the things that we've said, one way or the other, kind of fits into. It was just four points that I mentioned in that post. So I'm just going to 
touch on those points. And one other point that came to my mind as we were discussing this, and then we can take concluding thoughts and and would pray and then watch, entertain ourselves with Tosin's lovely collection, <laughs> Tosin's gallery. Okay, I would share my screen to, um, just a minute, to scan through just points and say one or two things about them. Okay, so um, I titled this, um, Speaking Up Is Not Enough, A Word to Nigerian Youth. And I wrote it in the wake of when the whole NSAS thing was going on and when it was, especially when it was beginning to, you know, initially it was just kind of peaceful and all that before it was almost beginning to change. The story was beginning to change and things were going out of hand. And so I, I was doing a series at the time with the guys on a live mentorship group, which I know and I run uh, in, in the book of Proverbs. So I just decided to stick with that same series and say, okay, in the book of Proverbs, what kind of Proverbs can I look for that can speak into the situation? And that was what, that was what we, we kind of did. Um, and I started by showing that, you know, one of the things we we're trying to discuss last meeting was to say whether or not the protest was worth it, whether or not protesting like that was the way to go. And of course, we, we came to the conclusion that there were very, there were some positives to it, no doubt about that. And of course, again, there were some downsides to it, um, especially in terms of the fact that some people lost their lives and they will never have that back. That's gone, that's gone. Um, a scripture that kind of put that in perspective for me is Proverbs 24, verse 21 to 22. It kind of shows what we are signing up for if we want to do what many of the young people did, which again, like I said, it has some potentially good things, but then some other things that are not so good. The message translation of that passage says, fear God, my child, respect your leaders. Don't be defiant or mutinous because without warning, your life can turn upside down and who knows how or when it might happen. And I think that kind of just captures what happened when many people lost their lives. They didn't bargain for that, but they were trying to, the intention was right. They were trying to fight for the future, if you will. Um, but again, when it comes to fighting people or not, not fighting, influencing people in authority, the, the fact is that the person up there will always have the higher hand. Whether or not he has the higher hand um, legally or reasonably, whether it is by force or whatever, they always have the higher hand. And then that reality will always be there. In fact, there's a provision for that in the scriptures. Um, Romans 13, and again, like this, this passage was saying as well. Um, in fact, I like the voice translation of that. It says, my son, fear both the eternal. In other words, fear God and the ruler in government. Because the understanding is that whichever person is ruling, whether they are good or bad, God has a hand in their being there for that time, for that season. It is not wise to associate with those rebelling against them because disaster can arise. And that disaster can come either from them without warning or even from God. And who knows what destruction comes down from both of them. So in the light of all of that, the question that I then came down to was, okay, so what can we begin to do 
just like we are asking ourselves now. And my first point was strive to be so competent that you rise to the realm of being a policy change maker. And Tosi mentioned this today. And I think different people mentioned it in different ways. Because in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, show me someone who does a good job. And I will show you someone who is better than most and worthy of the company of kings. In other words, the easiest way to begin to work in the leagues or operate in the realms of leaders in that sense is first of all, be good at what you do. Be exceptional at what you do. Sign up for targeting, I think it was that I was talking about, targeting, getting to a point in your, in your chosen career field or whatever that you want to become a change maker. Because the fact remains that really, there are some changes you can't make until you have the capacity and the position to make them. You just can't, you can continue to fight whichever way you want to fight or complain whichever way you want to complain, but until you are in certain capacities, there are some level of change that we can command. So that was my first uh, point to say, let's work towards that. Let's work towards that. Proverbs 22, 29, the Passion Translation says, if you are uniquely gifted in your work, you will rise. And that shows that this is not something that will happen instantaneously you will rise and be promoted. You won't be held back. You will stand before kings. And so I had that, what does that look like? I think it looks like simply becoming the best at what you do. It looks like subscribing for an endless pursuit of personal development. It looks like positioning ourselves for the inevitable opportunities of tomorrow. You are beginning to see that there will be opportunity for X, Y, Z tomorrow. And you are planning or preparing towards that by taking the necessary trainings you need to take today. In, in, in preparation for that. And I said, indeed, for the young man or woman who is competent, who has a good character, who acknowledges God's grace of God on his or her life, the sky is the limit or the starting point as the case may be. The second point, and again, we've said this in different ways, having a valid message and speaking up is not enough. You also need to be gracious, you need to be patient, and you need to be tactful. It's three in one. Gracious in the sense that very many things that people were saying on social media were very true, especially when it comes to sharing people's experiences. A policeman is flogging somebody for dressing one way and harming a soldier. I mean, you can't fault someone's experience. Their experience is their experience. It's true. But there is, a, there is, there is something called tact in how you, you portray your message in how you say it. And the, I mean, as a Christian, because whatever we are doing, just like I was saying the other day, we are doing it as Christians. We are talking not just as Nigerians, but as Christians that are Nigerians. In fact, your primary identity is the fact that you're a child of God before any other thing. And one of the things the Bible urges us to do is always to communicate with grace, graciously, graciously. And the second dimension to that is patience in the sense that it seems to me that many people wanted something so revolutionary that it's just like they should wake up tomorrow, Buhari is dead. Um, there is one 30 year old man that is now the president of the nation and everything just miraculously turns around. It doesn't happen like that. Rome was not built in a day. We didn't get to where we, where we are now in a day and it's gonna take a while for things to get back to how we would hope that they can be. Uh, but the fact remains uh, that if we will embrace that patience, stay in that posture, choose to be gracious and tactful, things will, 
things will work out one way or the other at some point. Proverbs 25, 15 says, use patience and kindness. Patience and kindness. When you want to persuade leaders and watch them change their minds right in front of you. For your gentle wisdom will quell the strongest resistance. This works as in the home, as husband to wife, wife to husband, works in the organizations, in your workplace, works in the church, works in the government, works anywhere. With patience and kindness, there can be a change. So if you say your leaders are hard-headed, the formula is patience and kindness. If you say they are rigid, the formula is patience and kindness. Whatever words which I kept seeing in different posts on social media at the time, the, the answer that Solomon gave amongst other things is patience and kindness. The third point is to kill yourself. And of course, I don't, I don't mean commute suicide. Kill yourself in the sense of, I also smell a lot of selfish interests even amidst the young people. I mean, we, it almost looked like the youths are fighting the elderly people in a sense that made it look like the problems of Nigeria are exclusively caused by those old people. When in fact, we also have our parts to play, every single one of us. And the, 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 the issue with that is very many times when those of us, I'm not saying us, like, specifically, but people in our group, in our, I mean, our peers, when they also get to positions of being a policymaker, for instance, they continue to repeat the same errors that, had, that they met. Why? Because they've not killed themselves. And the proverb that, that I had in mind while saying this was, um, was in, in Proverbs 5, 6 to 7, don't walk yourself into the spotlight. Don't be forward. Don't be self-assertive. Whatever it is that you want to do, you want to do it knowing that it's not about you. It's not about us. Specifically in Proverbs, I think, 23, um, it talks of killing. Uh, okay, yeah, it says, what Solomon says of someone who has been invited to dine with the king. Yeah, that's Proverbs 23.1. It says that they should consider their manners. If you have been invited to come and dine with the king, you've been invited to a place of authority, a place of influence. First of all, consider your manners, mind your manners, use your best manners. Then it goes on to, to say in the next verse that you should put a knife to your throat. In other words, control yourself. You want to be sure that you don't lose that self-control. That was part of what Titi was talking about at the end. Like, have you been able to influence yourself to a point where you know that you, you hypo, hypocrisy is out of the way, is out of the window? If you get the opportunity that you've been craving for, it won't spoil you. Rather, it would indeed be an opportunity and a platform to effect a change. And lastly, which is where we started from, um, and that's to acknowledge the true king, to acknowledge the fact that there is no leadership anywhere in the world that is out of God's purview. The Bible says the Lord controls the mind of a king as easily as he directs the course of his train. And that means that, yes, we have abused prayer in Nigeria, no doubt about that. <laughs> we've, we've turned everything to the point of, let's just pray about it. I mean, in my church in Nigeria, we pray for the nation in every service. No Sunday service ends without prayer for the nation. But what's that, what that amounts to is that now it has just become 
what we do. Okay, somebody should just pray and we just say some mumble some words and that's it done. It has lost its efficacy. It has lost its power. But the reality is that there is a, there is a king that is a king of kings. There is a God in heaven that causes things to change. And if we use prayer the way he has given us to use, especially when it comes to leadership, and he, the Bible is clear about that, first and foremost, let prayers be made for kings and, and those in authority and things like that. They are supposed to be topmost on our prayer list. And this is not just the kind of prayer of pity or whatever. We're supposed to be intentional in talking to God about our country, about our nation. Um, and so those are the four major thoughts that that I decided to put together and to wrap it up with the second stanza of the national anthem. But as we were talking today, um, these are the 10 things that I was able to, let me see if I can make it a little bit, uh, sorry, a little bit bolder. And look and add to this. Okay. Um, so self-development. Um, and most many of us said this, influence yourself, be honest with yourself, ask yourself what's going on and, and, and do something about what you can do something about. Then um, reorienting those that you have the capacity to reorient. That's what Anu is trying to do with her brother. That's what Kingsley was talking about. We're trying to change. There are people that you have, every one of us have a sphere of influence. You have a sphere, a circumference of people part-time whether or not you are leading anywhere or, or not a leader. In, by implication, actually, we are all leaders because we all have people that we can influence. So those that you can begin to reorient them, start doing that. One of the platforms that God has given my wife and I to do that is through a life mentorship group. And I've been intentional, especially in recent times, to start touching on some issues, especially issues around identity, heritage, and things like that trying to embrace your quote unquote your Africanness and not just try to imagine that there is there is some better reality somewhere else, that kind of thing. Third, empowering people, empowering people. You see someone that wants to do something and you have a capacity to provide some of the resources that would make the person a better person, go for it. Fourth, being intentional about changing the narrative in your sphere of influence. Again, just like Tosin did with um, those group of people he worked with in Nigeria at the time, uh, try to, to change the narrative. If I was saying that she went through things that she's hoping teenagers coming after will not go through, that's what we're talking about. Target being a policymaker, I've said that again. Be an ambassador of the nation wherever you are. I like that person used almost exactly that phrase. And I added to that, be proud of your heritage. It's not until recently that it began to occur to me how much um, that I have also bought into the lie of the white supremacy thing, as we, as people call it, especially in light of George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, and all the conversations that ensued after that, and then in light of my current line of studies in African Christianity. Um, just recently, we did a, a, a kind of... Um, in a, on a live mentorship group, we did a, a, a one month, I think throughout, throughout the month of August, we did a challenge that we called a song a day. You're just supposed to give us a song that has ministered to you, that has been like an evergreen song, a go-to song for you that has blessed your life. Share it with the group and a reflection on why that song has done that to you. 
And I was surprised that by the time we we're done with that challenge for that month, we had like 37 songs or something. Twice, like 66% of all those songs were songs by Westerners. And the remaining 33% or one third were songs by Africans. And so I was wondering why that is the case. And just reflecting on that, it's not like that's a bad thing. I listen to Westerners as much as I listen to Africans. But I wanted, I wanted the people that participated in that challenge to begin to see that, could it be, could it be that there is a part of us that is believing in that the other is better narrative? And how can we own and treasure and appreciate what we actually have that is ours in a sense? So target being the policymaker, be an ambassador, help the younger generation to discover their purpose faster. That's one of the best things I heard here tonight. Because I remember being interviewed somewhere in my early 20s and someone was asking me in that interview, what was my biggest regret in life? Of course, I've not even seen life, I've not started living. So what kind of regrets do I have? But the, the response I gave then was to say that I wish I had discovered my purpose much earlier. It was not until NYSE that I could say for the first time, I can articulate what I believe is my purpose for living. And there are still very many people my age that can't even exactly say that. If you ask them categorically, why are you here on earth? Not very many people can give you distilled, clear answer about that. How much of a transformation it will be to our world if we can have a generation of teenagers that are clear about why they are living and why they are sent to this planet at such a time as this. That would be brilliant. Contribute towards bridging the gap between the enlightened and the ignorant. Thanks, Sister Nike, for that point. Beautiful point. And I like the answer or the how that um, Dr. Henry gave. NYSC would do that, would, can be a tool to do that if we see it as such. Many of us were posted to rural areas, really. And what did we do with those rural people in that sense? Then supporting the time of my life was in the NYSC, seriously. Indeed, indeed. I, enjoyed, I, I impacted life. I, I emptied myself and I'm happy about it. Beautiful, beautiful. I felt the same way. I was having different memories of my students. I taught in a school, so I had an opportunity readily to yeah. some impact. Support initiatives that have transformative potential. You see someone doing something good, support it, support it. So that when you're also doing something good, you'll be supported. Thanks Titi for that point. And mm. then lastly, leveraging on existing platforms. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need a party that is a political party that is for youth. And I mean, in very many other areas too, we don't need to start from scratch. There is a, there is a structure on ground Let's make the most of it. Let's leverage on that and make things better. And God bless us all. So thank you very much. I mean, I personally, I was enriched and I enjoyed. Pastor, can I, can I ask a question? Yes, sir. Uh, I know it's sort of like a bit, uh, a little bit deviation from topic. So from uh, the first point on uh, purpose, so yeah. would you, would you, assuming you are, you are God and you had the choice to make a sovereign decision, would you like program life to be like at age 14 or 16? Everyone knows like what they are destined to do in life. 
or we like allow everyone to like find that thing themselves <laughs> <laughs> thankfully i'm not god and second <laughs> that would have defeated the purpose of that then what we would have won't be human beings that are made in the image of god there will be a part yeah, stuff like robots are <laughs> yeah so it defeats the purpose i think it works well just the way god has made it so started to go on okay <laughs> all right thanks for that um let me just use a quick example when i was there to go to i didn't realize i was that academic doing phd genesis mm-hmm. one i was actually studying that's the bible and i just switched to the and i did the exam genesis two and they moved me from you know as a new student they put me in the last class which is like uh, z or something and I did the exam for whatever, and they moved me to A. I was like, huh? So I didn't even realize it was a big deal. It was after graduation, my best friend of 22 years. I was like, see, that thing was epic. A, from Z to A. I said, what, <laughs> what is the big deal? But you get GSS3, SS1. I was like, okay, SS1, you have to do an exam. It will teach you to science class, arts, commercial, which is a bad thing anyway. If you, the first 60 of the entire set, Government school, about 3,000 in a set will be. So, if you're the first 60, the brilliant ones will be in S science class. When they put me in science class, S, I was like, ah, what is happening here? Because I'm always jumping on a rat, that's all over town. This is coming at this one for pregnant at 12. Because I'm always, I'm so, you know, gish, gish, but my energy is for Christ. Mm-hmm. So, my own is when, they, when I was entering that science class, I was asking myself, wait, what do you want to use the science and do? So I just realized, okay, from GSS class, I was good with, I was very mathematical and, you know, I like, okay, I will read computer science because I can apply it in any field. Mm-hmm. When they say, ask me, what do you want to do? I don't know. All I know is I'm jumping around singing and dancing, which to everybody in my entire life is not a career. So that wasn't even a thought to me that I'll be dancing and singing as a career. I shall know that that's what I'm doing, but okay, let me just read computer science. It's the only science that I can apply in any field in life. That's why I studied computer science, not because I had ideas. And I was from a family that was exposed and this and that. So that thing can be very confusing. And for some people that are late bloomers that I am, I mean, as people who say she's intelligent and whatnot, I, I arrive late, but my arrival is always grand and great. Uh-huh. But I always arrive late, I for some reason, I don't know. But I just feel like we need to expose people more to these possibilities and it comes from not limiting their imagination. Yeah. We're so limited in the way we have structure to think back home mm-hmm. this is the way they are the, you're projecting your limitations onto me as a parent as a teacher i remember in university the, the lecturers will come, like they're angry that you're getting all is all you first class people you work for third class people at the end of the day why are you so angry with life you didn't want to lecture why lecturing? <laughs> you can tell they didn't want to be in the classroom you know it's a lot of frustrations from what people from unfulfillment mm-hmm. so i feel like let's just educate yeah. better like I, I, Milo came to my school. We used to go and play tennis. Down, like oh my god, Serena Williams was still young. They should see them. I'm going to be like Serena. I was just average. Like, I beg, I beg. I just carry novel or what, newspaper. I used to read from when I was young. I go and carry um, newspaper and go and be reading one corner. This girl is sweet. That everybody's looking at me. But you could tell. You know, people do your fun thing. I dance and then I read my books. So I, could, I just feel like we should encourage young ones to be to have that lib- library can need to just show themselves to do, do because we just stifle them and tell them shut up don't talk too much close your legs don't do this this that, that. it's just too much too much we try we, you know and then <laughs> let's just allow people 
that we arrived late like me. Let us arrive. I can arrive 50 years after you and be greater than you in that one day. So it's just access to information and just in all things glorify God and know that the impossible mm. can just be possible. Like there's nothing like the impossible. Everything is a possibility. But I feel like people don't have enough information to make informed decisions in their lives right. because people project fear and doubt of their own life onto them as young kids. It stays there. It stays there. You know. So yeah, that's my little input. Thank you. I, I think can relate with that. I'm not going. I was going to say it is good for us to close our legs. So those fears are. <laughs> Like those that, like your fitness. Those fears saved my life. <laughs> no, for example, me, I don't even like trousers. Mm. But somebody that jumps around so much, like dancing and all of that, I love my most treasured um, clothing are skirts, dresses. I just love them so much. But you know, you're dancing, you're sitting, you're dancing, you're doing that. They're like, sit well, adjust that. Don't talk too much. Why do you do your hair like this? Why are your lips like this? Your eyes are too red. You're, I'm like, what can you even do right? Mm. You know, so yeah, I mean, close your leg going that aspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good balance to it. I remember. Oh, so let, let me digress. Let me digress. I remember when my mom was giving me sex education. I've I read, I've been seeing on Nigerian movies that they'll say, "Hey, if you get pregnant, something will do you. You don't let any man touch you, or you will catch kashok or something." <laughs> guess what? My, guess what? My own mom said. She just came to my room one day, opened the door in a dramatic way, close it in those Nigerians' mom secretly dramatic way. I said, "Anu, if you get pregnant, I'll carry it. Don't abortto. I'll put it on my. I'll put him on my back and carry. It. Just give me the child. Don't do anything. I'm thinking, what kind of?" <laughs> I was thinking she was, because I was the only girl, I was thinking she was going to say something like, be straight, don't let them touch you. She was like, if they touch you, just call me the child. You give me the child, I'll continue your life. I was, I think. I talking that, about sexual things. Eh? <laughs> what did you say? I said, I wasn't talking about sex. I get what you're going, I'm just inserting it in there. When I was saying yeah, that, it's not that aspect at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, no, I'm talking about the fears, like, for me, her, her encouragement actually put the fear of God in me that mm. there should be no child and then no baby, no man touching you and things like that. So I'm just trying to say that all these are mothers, don't do, don't do, don't do, kind of actually help our lives in a, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, remind, I'm remembering another drama of my best friend throwing flower at a deeper life girl that was our senior girl in secondary school. And she took that to mean that the guy was doing something perverted or whatever. <laughs> it went on to be a big drama. But of course that's coming from our upbringing and all that, that don't let any man do this, don't let any man do that. And so for someone to have thrown a flower, not only have you attempted <laughs> to- Attempted rape. <laughs> so she's beginning to even feel guilty and dirty and everything. What kind of a girl must I have been for a guy to throw flowers? Oh, the precious. Oh, God, yeah. So that's that's interesting. Okay, um, it's 8.47. Mm. We get ready to, we should be rounding up, not even get ready to round up. 